going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and we are here for episode number one of Locked On Coyotes. Now, this is a brand new podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, launching the NHL Network today on September 30th, and we are really excited to get things going here as season just gears up here in about three days, is uh, actually two days Wednesday, but for the Coyotes, it is three days, and it's been a an offseason that... I think has been the most optimistic one in in quite a long time. Even after the the 2012 playoff series and, and the victory there and the uh, run to the Western Conference Finals, that is it. You know, it everybody kind of realized it was a little bit of an older team, no real uh, young stars outside of Oliver Ekman Larson. That was his rookie season, and he played pretty well in that postseason. But uh, the optimism has been high. A team that just missed out on the playoffs by four points was bitten by the injury bug and you got to think that if they score just a few more goals, they're, they're in. And, you know, it, maybe Colorado, I think down the stretch, was the better team. They got really hot. They have a lot of young playmakers. They kind of fell into a weird trance in the middle of the season and started off really hot. They were top team in the Western Conference for a while, and right around Christmas is when they really started to fall off. But they picked it back up, and it's, it's not hard to see why they're such a talented team. But the Coyotes were right there neck and neck with them, and, they could have found a way to score a couple more goals. I mean, you take a look at that Colorado game near the end of the year on that Friday night, to just unable to to get the job done. But they did go to overtime. Oliver Ekman Larson scoring twice to force that game to overtime. So a rough way to end the season. Uh, not able to make the playoffs, but definitely a lot more exciting than it has been in previous years. So it, just looking at the offseason, it's, it's been a wild one. New ownership, and when it comes to the Coyotes, new ownership is obviously a very daunting discussion it's is this team going to relocate is this new owner dedicated to Arizona and it it seems like he is now it's Alex Morello who is a billionaire owns a, a bunch of different businesses uh, really got into the business industry by taking over a, a failing pizza chain and turn that around and now owns the Sahara in Las Vegas and owns some real estates uh, some construction companies he's got his hand in a little bit of everything and now it's professional sports he wanted to by the Atlanta Hawks actually back in 2011 and that ended up uh, getting vetoed but uh, the NHL allowing this one to go through and I think it's going to be the best uh, for the Coyotes and for the league and uh, not only the new owner but it's an owner that stays along the same lines that not only Coyotes fans want keep the team in Arizona but what's already been built in Arizona the new CEO who was brought in a couple years ago Aaron Cohen who has really been the face of this franchise off the ice. He's everywhere, always taking media appearances. A great guy to talk to, and Aaron Cohen's doing a fantastic job growing the game in Arizona, and Alex Murillo coming in and, and just letting everybody who's who's in place right now do the work. So the guy just signing the checks and uh, letting everybody else do the work, and, and that's what that's what you want to see. And Alex Murillo uh, at his press conference to let it exactly be known what he wants and uh, using an expletive that – can't be repeated over the uh, TV news airwaves, but uh, uh, an owner that brings a new sense of hope, and it goes hand-in-hand with with this roster. This roster starts bringing a new sense of hope as well. The acquisition of Phil Kessel, a guy who just scores scores the puck. That's all he does. He puts up points, scores the puck, had 82 last season, and one of those guys that is really going to be good in, in getting this team to produce consistently offensively. And I also think that for the Coyotes, it, it is about staying healthy. I think a lot of the year that 
a lot of the forwards who played, you know, you never knew who was going to be on your line that night, and it wasn't a, a thing of, you know, head coach Rick Tockett changing lines and trying to find the right matchups. I mean, they everybody knew who played well together on, on what lines, and it's just a matter of fact of who was healthy. And I think this year a team that can come in relatively healthy, it's would be a, a great thing, guys uh, getting together. I think the biggest key that we've seen uh, this preseason is going into this uh, into Thursday night's matchup against Anaheim it's everybody's healthy other than Auntie Ronta of course he's out day to day that's the diagnosis at the moment they did uh, call up Ivan Protsviyov as he had uh, been sent down to uh, Tucson for the Roadrunners training camp brought back up during preseason and Everybody kind of knew, saw the writing on the wall when that happened, that at least one goaltender was injured, and it wasn't Darcy Kemper. So uh, either him or, or Hill will be sent back down. You, you have to imagine before the uh, Thursday night, once the final roster cuts are made, there's not too many left. So, uh, But other than Auntie Ronta being out, I mean, Darcy Kemper really shined through, and it looks like he'll be getting the opening day nod for uh, the game Thursday night, obviously barring injury. But... Preseason is done for the Coyotes. They ended up losing 2-1 to one on Saturday night to Anaheim at home and uh, didn't get to see uh, too much of the game. Saw some highlights. Uh, a little trouble, a little worrisome in, in the sense that at this point, a lot of these preseason games is who is going to be on the team. It's not 60 guys and, and trying to see which junior guys have, have progressed or see how some of the younger guys handle the NHL speed, you're making your last decisions. And Coyote's only getting one goal, but uh, I don't think it's too much cause for concern now if they go out on Thursday night against Anaheim and, and struggle to score, then there's going to be some real concern. But like I said, uh, the team that's actually scored the puck a lot uh, in the preseason, and, and we'll see if it continues on. But uh, And you look at the draft even. Uh, GM John Chaika has picked up Victor Soderstrom. He... Uh, traded up to draft Soderstrom, and uh, people were a little puzzled on why he did that, but it's not hard to see why. The kid is a great puck mover. He's he's fast. Uh, still not sure exactly what the plans are going to be for him. There's been talk that he'll go back to uh, Sweden and play in the SHL another year. Uh, still on the roster, obviously. The final cuts uh, haven't been announced, at least, uh, for the Coyotes, so we'll see what happens there. Um, in terms of trades, Chaika ends up picking... Uh, Carl Soderberg, who was a, a big piece on that Avalanche team last year that made it to uh, the second round, losing in Game 7 eventually to San Jose. But bringing in veteran presence, uh, guys that know how to win. I mean, and they had guys that knew how to win on their team already. They had Goligoski. They had Demers, who've made multiple playoff uh, appearances. Goligoski in the Stanley Cup. Uh, Derek Stepan, who's played in multiple playoff series with the Rangers. He went to a Stanley Cup final. So... They have what it takes to win, but uh, able to add a couple more. Obviously, Phil Kessel, Stanley Cup champion, Carl Soderberg with playoff experience. So we'll see how it plays out uh, for the Coyotes. Definitely a lot more depth, a lot more experience, and we'll see if it all come together and uh, if head coach Rick Tockett can piece things together and uh, get things rolling on Thursday night. Uh, back to what I just mentioned before, it's – it is about getting off to that good start. We saw a, a couple of years ago, two seasons ago to be exact, when Rick Tockett just took over that his team went to Anaheim. 
uh, a team that was young, a team that a lot of people thought would break out. That was the offseason they picked up Derek Stepan. They got Antti Ranta from the Rangers and uh, jumped out to a huge lead in Anaheim and ended up uh, giving it all away. That was uh, the day that Antti Ranta, a game-time decision, was not in the lineup, so it was Louis Domingue, and he, he struggled, and that ended up really starting the, the end of Louis Domingue in Arizona. And uh, almost eerily similar, you know, a, a team that a lot of people have quietly felt good about, think that this is really going to be the breakout year, but the uh, perceived starting goaltender, it's even hard to tell even if Ronta was healthy, is injured. But I think the biggest difference here is they have the guys that are able to pick up the slack where it's left off, and they have a they have a solid goaltending tandem. I mean, with Louis Domingue, he put in great work in Arizona early on, but he really did struggle when he had to be pressed into action uh, back at the start of the 2017-2018 season. And uh, with Darcy Kemper, obviously, he had to take over and last season and, and really played well and nearly dragged the team into the playoffs uh, without any offensive help, but things are a little bit different. They have the offensive help now. now uh, looking in at training camp, uh, speaking of that offensive help, uh, a lot of that first line looked like Stepan, uh, Keller, and Kessel, and it could be a dangerous line now. Uh, Stepan and Keller have played uh, together when both have been in the lineup healthy um, pretty often, but adding that right winger at uh, Phil Kessel is really going to be big, and I think another big piece of, of the forward group is now they finally have depth at center. That was always one of the bigger things with the Coyotes, that they didn't have any depth at center. They Drafted Dylan Strom, obviously that didn't work out, but they traded him over to Chicago for Nick Schmaltz, and Schmaltz was averaging a point per game before he went down with the season-ending knee injury last year, and Schmaltz is back healthy, and it's another center. Uh, Carl Soderberg, obviously, you have, uh, Brad Richardson. I mean, just a, an embarrassment of riches at center. You got Barrett Hayton, who uh, might make the roster. He's put up a pretty good uh, pretty good campaign in the preseason in a to show that he belongs on this team. I've gotten a chance to talk with him a little bit. And uh, just a team that has so much depth, and you would look at it two years ago, and if I had told you two seasons ago, hey, the Coyotes are going to have Phil Kessel, they're going to have uh, arguably a top five, at least a top ten defensive core, maybe the best goaltender tandem in the league, uh, you would call me crazy. But it's different. GM John Chayka knows what he's doing, and and the hire at first was uh, criticized. A younger guy, a guy who was big on analytics, uh, one of the founders of Stathletes, and uh, you know whether he's he's using analytics or not to make these moves. Uh, they're starting to work out. I mean, I think the biggest move he, he's made. I think the two biggest moves he made, uh, obviously the draft day deal for both Stepan and Ranta. And uh, getting Darcy Kemper, I mean, I was uh, just thinking about that before I came on the air. And I, that trade was, was one that uh, I think us as Coy uh, or Coyotes fans in general, should I say, really were unsure about. They traded away Toby Reeder and uh, Scott Wedgwood, who uh, Wedgwood had played okay in his time. He was uh, claimed off waivers from New Jersey, but... Um, a lot of people really like Toby Reader. They liked his speed. They liked his hustle. He uh, notorious for not able to finish a lot of his uh, chances that he created for himself. And uh, getting Darcy Kemper, who had played well with the Kings, but 
to, the Kings were about to make, uh, hit the playoffs and uh, felt that maybe they needed another forward. I mean, that was the Kings team that ended up losing to the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round in, in four games and struggled to score. So I think maybe something behind that was uh, getting Toby Reader. To, uh, maybe he could be the guy to spark that, that offense and spark the depth on that offense. I mean, that was you know, the Kings started out really hot. Dustin Brown and Anze Kopitar really had – Great search of the year. Kopitar finished strong. Brown had uh, fallen off a little bit, so they wanted some scoring depth, and they traded away Darcy Kemper. And uh, For the Kings, that doesn't hurt too much. They do have Jack Campbell, who's, who looks promising, but for the Coyotes, I mean, without Darcy Kemper, I don't think that team would have had a chance, and that's uh, you know no disrespect to Aiden Hill. They ended up picking up Calvin Pickard, uh, but Darcy Kemper was uh, the heart and soul of that team, and so John Chaika making really great moves and, and I think really earning the trust of this fan base. It was uh, a long a long time since the Coyotes had had made moves that felt like they were ready to compete. Obviously, they had that stretch there from uh, 2010 to 2012 where they made the playoffs three times in a row. They made uh, the Western Conference Finals in 2012, eventually finally the Kings in five games. But even that team, it felt that uh, Dave Tippett was getting the best out of uh, guys at the end of their career and, and give a lot of credit to that 2012 team. I mean, it was a veteran-heavy team, a team that really know how to win games. It wasn't necessarily a team that went down and, and scored five goals on you or you know necessarily suffocated you. They just played their game. They, they played it the way they wanted to go. They were able to control the play. Obviously, Mike Smith having his breakout year helped, but uh, after that team, it, it, it really did feel like they kind of got the, the last little bit they could out of uh, some of the some of the better NHL players. I mean, they had, uh, you know, Derek Morris, um, Russell Flav Klesla, Michael Roosevelt, uh, guys who were a little bit older. Roosevelt ended up getting shipped off to the Blackhawks, and, and it was... Uh, just a team that knew how to win, that was tough, but but didn't have a lot of flash. And, and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. but when you look at it, there wasn't a lot of young talent on that team. Mikel Bodker was one of the younger guys. Obviously, they had Ekman Larson. Uh, we all know how Bodker played out. Hansel, uh, a little too, too injured for a guy to uh, be one of a, a core piece. They ended up shipping him off um, at the trade deadline to Minnesota. And so it never felt like the Coyotes had young, a young core, a core that, you know, in two, three years was ready to win. And Chaika came in, was given the pieces he was dealt, uh, obviously traded, ended up trading uh, Max Domi away. Um, got Gallagher. Domi did have a career year. He looks fantastic in Montreal and uh, playing alongside Tatar. Who wouldn't? But... Uh, but he was able to turn that trade into Phil Kessel even. So even when he didn't uh, trade away a younger guy that, you know, ended up breaking out, he still got a, a key piece out of what he was given. So uh, a lot of promise for the Coyotes and, and a team that is, is really exciting and, and I think is going to be uh, the one to watch in the Western Conference. And speaking of promises, uh, you know, I've, I've promised, uh, I hope you heard the, the teaser trailer, but I promise to bring you the best Coyotes coverage every day that I possibly can, and, and that's what I aim to do. The Coyotes uh, in the local market, especially those of you that live here, are 
uh, understand they do not get uh, as much coverage um, whether you believe they deserve it or not it's it's what it is and last year even when they were making a playoff run I mean uh, the the Suns were in a, a tough season the D-backs were just getting underway the Cardinals just came off their worst season in uh, since they've been in Arizona and, and the Coyotes a team that was making a playoff push she couldn't get uh, any any attention in the valley but uh, that's going to be different here on the locked on podcast network this is your team every day and i want to bring you your coyotes news uh, you can uh, follow me on twitter at s askelson 96 once again that's at s a s k e l s o n 96 and i want you to i want you to let me know what you want what you want to hear now, you're the listener now i right now i'm sitting in a, a room uh, by myself and I'm listening to myself talk. Now, obviously, I always listen to the podcast afterwards to make sure audio quality is good, to edit it, and, and all that good stuff. But this is for you. This is for you, the listener. I want you to let me know what you want to hear because I'll talk about anything. If if you want to know what Clayton Keller's favorite slice of pizza is, I'll I'll try and figure that out for you. And uh, you know, it's it's whatever whatever you want to hear. Let me know. So once again, on Twitter direct message me tweet directly at me however you feel was the best way to get my attention it's at s-a-s-k-e-l-s-o-n-9-6 and and i'm excited to to bring you this uh bring you this podcast uh, this season next season the next 20 seasons however long uh locked on podcast network uh, will have me and and however long you guys will listen if you keep listening i'll keep churning out products so uh, just let me know, and uh, obviously I talked about the team a lot, but just a little bit uh, about myself here uh, toward the end. Uh, I'm a recent graduate of uh, ASU, the Cronkite School of Journalism, so got a chance to cover the Coyotes a little bit. Uh, covered some some really cool stuff. Got to break, uh, not necessarily break the exact news, but um, publish a story once the press release was sent out by the Coyotes about Rick Tockett's hiring. Got a chance to uh, write a, a little more uh, depth feature story and uh, just got a chance to to really dabble and and understand the the franchise uh, and from from a media standpoint and want to be able to enhance that for you so uh, I've also covered hockey uh, around Arizona I've uh, used to and and still currently from time to time I have some extra jobs but do play-by-play for Grand Canyon University ice hockey. I've covered ASU's Division One men's team, and so just a chance to see hockey around the valley. And that's another thing about this podcast. Sure, it says Locked On Coyotes, and we are going to be talking about the Coyotes a lot, but we're also going to focus a little bit on hockey in Arizona as well because it is driven by the Coyotes. It's uh, USA Hockey registration numbers are going up every year. Arizona ranks second this year. Um, for the largest increase among uh, the, the states. And it's because the Coyotes are, are focused on, on building, building a fan base. And talk to Aaron Cohen. Um, he says he wants to build the team at a grass, uh, grassroots level in terms of getting the younger kids involved. Uh, Alex Murillo, the first NHL owner of Hispanic descent, uh, dressed uh, the audience in Spanish. Uh, they have a new Spanish uh, social media team. I mean, it's just all brand new and and uh, an exciting time. Uh, something the Coyotes have never really done before in, in terms of 
trying to build a fan base. Obviously, they've tried to build hockey and, and have gotten involved in that, but now it, it really feels like they're focusing on reaching out to those, even if you don't play. We, you know, It seems even if you don't play, they want you to come out. They want you to have a good time. They want you to enjoy the product, and um, obviously it comes with winning. That's that's how attendance rises. I mean, not only in, in, in this league, it, it happens in Arizona. I mean, the Suns, again, going through a tough time, and uh, their attendance struggles from time to time, especially when they're playing uh, teams that aren't as big of a, a matchup. And, and with the Coyotes, I mean, even as they were making that run, usually on a weekday night game for, for the Ducks, it's not all that full. But uh, last year there was a Wednesday night game. They played the Ducks, and it was a pretty decent crowd. And Arizona is a very fair-weathered town. And, it, and if you win, they'll show up. And the Coyotes were making the playoffs. You couldn't get a ticket to the wideout. And... You know, people wanted to be involved and, and be excited. And this is a team I think that uh, a lot of people are going to get excited about, especially if they start quickly. Like we uh, discussed earlier, that's I think one of the big things uh, going forward. They got to start quick. Can't lose a, a, a lot of games early on and try to dig yourself out of it. But um, especially in this town, I think they're going to have the attention of this city for, I'll say, a two week span. The Cardinals. Dropped to 0-4. They're struggling. Their fan base is uh, really feeling the burn on on the return they're getting from uh, their front office and, and the product in the field. And the Suns are just getting underway uh, with training camp. The Suns uh, definitely going to be a lot more improved. But um, So there's going to be a two-week stretch where uh, the Suns haven't hit the court yet and, and the Cardinals uh, obviously play one day a week to, to really capture the – capture the imagination of this sports town. And if they can go out and win a couple games, a couple big matchups. I mean, against Anaheim, a team that a a lot of people are expecting to struggle, but they're always tough. Uh, Division matchups are always tough, but uh, John Gibson uh, in net, you never know what you're going to get out of him. He's a a solid goaltender, probably the, the core piece right now for Anaheim. And then you get the Eastern Conference champions, a team that was one win away from the Stanley Cup, on October 5th, that's this upcoming Saturday. So uh, pick up a couple of big wins early on. Got to hit the road again, but uh, they will have a game on Tuesday the 10th as well before they do take a, a road trip. So you can get a couple wins early. A team that was the Eastern Conference champions, a team that was Western Conference champions two years ago and uh, figured that they should have gone a little bit deeper than they did last year in the Vegas Golden Knights. Pick up the if they go two and one in that stretch, uh, I think it's really going to start to build some excitement. You can definitely see the the TV stations and then the town is I think, starting to really understand uh, why this team is gaining steam and, and gaining interest. And it's a great time. So I look forward to bringing you uh, Coyotes hockey and all the latest news and, and information analysis. Hope to have a, a plethora of guests, a couple playing guests. Um, uh, Andrew Bell of AZ Sports 360. I'm Scott Strand with uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest. I'm actually the uh, Coyotes beat writer for uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest. So bring him in. He is the uh, managing editor. He follows all things Coyotes nights and, and just hockey and Vegas and Arizona in general. So definitely looking forward to getting him on the show, hopefully uh, before October 10th. But also getting those on uh, from the other Locked On NHL podcast with the Sharks and, and the Knights, some interdivisional uh, talk that we'll try to get into uh, in the coming weeks. But um, until then, 
keep subscribing keep following us on twitter you can listen to this podcast uh however however you get your podcast whether it be spotify google music uh, apple music however you get them we want you to listen that way we want you to download we want you to stay locked on coyotes Thank you.